Welcome to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to movies that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello. And this week, and it's my choice, we're doing Deja Vu, mm. the 2006 Denzel Washington movie. The unforgettable classic that is. Yeah. But I believe you've got something you want to start with first. Well, yeah, there's uh, been a mention that we had on uh, on social, I think it might have been an email or something. But somebody came up with with something that we missed out, or I missed out, of our Titanic episode. Okay. So, because my pitch for Titanic was a stoner comedy. James Franco, Seth Rogen, people like that. There's one thing that seems so obvious now I know it, and I'm killing myself that I didn't <laughs> put it in. So, you know, in the film when they have sex in the car, and it steams mm-hmm. up and you put the hand on the window. Yeah. Somebody said that that should have been when they were hotboxing. What's hotboxing? That's when you close yourself into an area and just get high and the smoke doesn't go anywhere. So you're just constantly breathing this moment. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. That would have been a good scene. Although I kind of like the idea that you had that that's the only reference to Kate and Leo is that they just run past some random people having sex in a car and you see the hand. Yeah, so, I know. I much. I would have the hotboxing. Yeah, I would have done the hotboxing if okay. I'd have thought of that. That's so good. So where did that idea come from? Uh, came through on our email. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, somebody just a fan. Nobody you know, just a fan email. Yes. Oh, we so, have fans. Great. Yes, yeah, great. Fantastic. Uh, Beyond the box set at gmail.com If any of you mm. uh, care enough. And uh, Titanic is our episode one. So if you want to hear what our Titanic ideas were, have a look on our website or look at fans on iTunes and listen to it. It was. You know, it was our first episode. We were, you know, we were a little bit shaky, but uh, I think it's worth listening to. Yeah, so. I, think, I think we've had worse episodes since. Possibly, yeah. yeah <laughs> hopefully this will not be one of them. No, no, no. I've got high hopes for this. Yeah. So so tell me about Deja Vu. Why did you choose this film? I chose this because, well, this is another one I really enjoyed watching uh, the first time I watched it, which might have been eight years ago or something. I don't know. Did you um, see it in the cinema? Because it came out about eight years ago, didn't it? It came out in 2006. Okay. So that's 11 years oh, ago. Okay. Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't see it at the cinema, but I just, I really enjoyed it. I love a sci-fi, anything that's got any kind of hint of time travel or anything. Mm-hmm. It's always good to just sort of try and think about it at the end and wait, does that make sense? Maybe it does. I don't know. Oh God, this is great. This film was silly. <laughs> <laughs> this film was so silly. Like, I did not enjoy it. Say, ironically, given the title, I actually had to watch this film twice. <laughs> because I watched it first on Sunday nights. Yeah. And it was quite late and I was a little drunk. So I got to the end of it and then I kind of woke up the next day and I thought, I don't... That film didn't seem like it made any sense. Was I drunk or did that film just make no sense? So I thought I have to go back and do this again because I felt like yeah. I didn't have enough... I mean, so I watched it again on Monday night, I think. Yeah, Monday mm-hmm. night. And no, I was correct the first time. It makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> what does it make sense about it? Uh, the whole time travel thing is so convoluted and so full of... It's I mean, just the, ludicrous. The, the, there's a time travel paradox that they just ignore. Oh, there's so many... Because there's a point where, once they once he starts time travelling, that he sees that he can't make any changes. Mm-hmm. Just no matter what he does, he can't make changes. But then, ultimately, he does. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it no, the whole causality... And some of this does feed into my sequel, so I'm not going to give too much away now. But okay. the, the, all the causality and what works and what doesn't and the laws were so bizarre. And I'm not somebody who normally gets too hung up on, like, the, the real science behind it. I'm, I'm happy yeah. to accept a a principle of in, in terms of in terms of a film being fun to watch. Yeah. But just for this one, it felt like the film was all exposition. There was so much of them just sit, sat in that control room just giving expository dialogue. Well, I noticed that, that made no sense. I noticed that particular scene, you know, when the guy got got the piece of paper. Time is said, like a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were very much making that viewable for 
people who just don't watch any kind of time travel film, which mm-hmm. I think was a stupid thing to do because it's a time travel film. Yeah. Only people who are interested in that are going to watch it. Other True. people have already made the decision not not into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Actually, I felt like it made things more complicated than they needed to be by over-explaining in some places. I, yeah, don't, know. I don't know how they could have done it differently, but all I know is that that element, all the science elements of the time travel elements just did not make a lick of sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> Thermal imaging. You guys have figured out a way to look into the past. Yes or no? No. You're lying. You're lying I and you know you it. everything I she can. She saw it, Paul. I pointed this thing at her just now and she responded to it from four and a half days ago. Explain that to me. Somebody explain it. For three years, Cambridge has been working for National Reconnaissance on an R&D grant. Okay. We were attempting to use concentrated bursts of energy to enhance the sensitivity of optical telescopes. In the process, we had a breakthrough. Given enough energy, we could warp the very fabric of space. I said, explain it to me, not talk science. All right, I'll tell you what. Why don't you guys just keep talking? I'll just sit here until you figure out what it is you really want to tell me. All right, look. we're used to viewing space as flat, right? Like this piece of paper. To see something from a distance, light has always had to travel the long way across the flat space in between. But given what I was trying to explain, we could fold the space, bring the target closer to us, create what's known as an Einstein-Rosen bridge, otherwise known as a wormhole, suspend it via gravitational field. That's what we're looking at. That's it. What's on the other end of the bridge? Claire's house. Also, this is a minor point, but I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure you can't use facial recognition software on a bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking of that, and uh, that reminded me of, uh, what is it? It's a Will Smith film, like Public Enemy or something? I don't think I've seen that one, but yeah. There's one bit in it which is awful. So it's at the peak of society, 2003, mm-hmm. and they've got grainy CCTV, and you see that somebody walks in with a bag, and there's something in the bag, and so they'll try and work out what it is. They've got one CCTV camera in it, it's got this really grainy shot, and they do the classic. Okay, now zoom in. Okay, now make it make it better, and it just <laughs> and the pixels just disappear, and it becomes. A oh, there's a lot of that image. in this film. Yeah, like move it around, rewind, fast forward, zoom in. Yeah. I mean, that, that had plot around it. I guess it was... because they were just watching. Again, how were they watching the time travel? It that was never weird. Was, that never quite made sense to me. So yeah, it's weird. Was explain... there a satellite or not? It's weird they explained so much of it, but. Not that one bit. Yeah, exactly. Because I assumed that just, when they said they it's couldn't. a time machine, so are there satellites? What? And so are the angles limited? How are they watch? I, I I could buy into the fact that they discovered time travel somehow. Yeah. Because reasons. But then, how are they watching it? I don't know. It was. It was. But let me just finish my public avenue. Right? Sorry. Because it was. Yeah. It's a great scene. Because so you got that, and you think, okay, well, films did used to do this, and we thought it was okay, but it's not. And then they changed the angle of the camera. Not just they moved the camera along like that. Bear in mind, it's not a live image. Mm-hmm. The camera just moves around the room. Okay. <laughs> it just gets up and just moves. And it makes no sense. And then they zoom in on the bag again. They see a lump in it. Because they've got this lump from two different shapes, they can create a 3D image of what's in the bag uh. with colour and everything. <laughs> Turns out it's a gun. Of course. <laughs> quite, quite boring. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, it was uh, special, special. See, that's that's stayed with you for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Tony Scott films are always about 50% overhead shots of helicopters flying over water. You know, it's that. <laughs> there were a lot. There's it? a lot of that. They like, he likes that in his films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And did you feel like the colour contrast in this film was weirdly high throughout? Uh, you know, when you turn the colour contrast on something really high and everything looks really red and bleedy and weird and the colours are all bleeding into each other? I did notice that once or twice, actually, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's a Tony Scott trademark or anything, but there were a few times I was just like, turned it down a bit. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed it. No, I did. I enjoyed this film. This, this was a very silly film. But there was a lot that I did enjoy about it. I'm just thinking of things that um, 
I enjoyed uh, Adam Goldberg, who was the Chandler's roommate. In Chandler's roommate in France, yeah. yeah. He was totally rocking your hairstyle at the moment. He was, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh. He was good, yeah. He, he was, and that whole team of like exposition people, like mm-hmm. they, yeah. they, it was a good control room, like you know, yeah, vibe. What did you think of the scene where they all just started watching her in the shower? Yeah, that was creepy because she's dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was creepy. It'd be creepy if she was alive, but it, it added an extra level of creepy that they were all like basic. And I, think, and I found that a massively sexist thing that just oh. suddenly all the men in the room just shut up and just stared at the screen and mm-hmm. just zoned They out really fetishized Paula Patton, weirdly more so dead than alive. Like yes. the scene where she, where Denzel's character goes to the morgue and finds her, yeah. having been burnt alive, yet <laughs> her face and makeup are perfect. Like not only has her face not been burnt, she's she's in full like geesh, she's mm-hmm. in full like made up. And he just kind of he kisses her hand, which has just had like fingers chopped off, and it's. Just yeah. weird. Yeah, that was weird. And also at the end, or near the end, when she's alive, like back, mm-hmm. they've, they've shrunk back in time, there's a bit where he just randomly kisses her. Yes. And yeah. the moment just like did Inception. not fit. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was like, that, that's that's very inappropriate. You yeah. should not do that. You, you should call someone. You've crossed the line. She goes through it in this film, her character. Yeah. She goes through so much stuff. Because she gets burnt to death. <laughs> then she gets, well, she gets kidnapped, burnt to death. Uh, you fingers know, chopped off. Fingers chopped off. Kidnapped again, doused in petrol. Yeah. Then narrowly escapes an, an explosion. Yeah. Then she has to deal with all this time. So then she gets kidnapped again mm-hmm. <laughs> for the third time. You know when she gets caught on the boat. Yeah. And then she has a near death experience in the boat. Narrowly avoids drowning. Yeah. Getting sucked into the boat propellers somehow. <laughs> and yeah. Then an explosion. Like that poor woman. Like, yeah. That is a that's a day. Like, <laughs> I think that might be more traumatic than the ten years the actress spent married to Robin Thicke. <laughs> Yeah, I felt really sorry for her in this film. She, yeah, she really had to go through a lot. So. Yeah. yeah, and also I felt like Denzel's character was super insensitive to her father as well. Did you notice that scene where the... Oh, yeah. Where she's like, I'm, just, I'm really sorry, I need to, to identify your daughter's corpse. Like, whaps out the post like, with no warning. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You think you'd be like, well, brace yourself, this might be upsetting. He just goes, I need you to identify your daughter's corpse. And there's the photo. Yeah, and it really wasn't the best photo either. No, exactly. It's like literally her just lying on a slab. Like, yeah. Awful, awful, awful. Did you have any favourite characters? Claire. Claire, yeah. yeah. I felt like she gave a good performance and she was, you know, somebody who, as you say, she went through a lot and yeah. you, you were rooting for her. I had a favourite, very minor side character because okay. I do like a quirky side character. Yeah. My favourite, he was called Agent Don Lear, figured out. He had a very small role. He was one of Denzel Washington's police assistants mm-hmm. or whatever. He seems to be a police officer slash receptionist because his sole function was to answer the phone all the time. <laughs> so he's the one that Claire phones when she says oh, to Scragg. Yes. And the reason I liked him so much, he has maybe five or six scenes in the film. And in every single one of them, he's he like donut. devouring donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're the fat guy. So you like every scene he's like, probably like, he's like licking his fingers. It's yeah. such a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I enjoyed that a lot. He was, he was fun. Oh, um, poor guy. I felt like Val Kilmer didn't have a lot to do in this film. Who even was he? Yeah. <laughs> Like I didn't, I knew he was in it going yeah. in, and I didn't notice him throughout. No, and what? Yeah, I felt again because when you see Val big Kilmer, people like that. Yeah, you feel like he's going to play a part. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like maybe in, in the meetings he he's like, "Well, I'll do it, but I'm not standing up. Yeah, I'm just going to sit down for the whole thing, yeah. and you can just do my scenes." There was some very good extra work as well. I you know I enjoy an extra. Mm. So my favorite extra uh, was at the end of the film. Well, the, the film is bookended in, with the explosions. Yeah. First time the boat explodes, second time the yeah. explosion near the boat. And both times you see an old woman saying, "My daughter, my oh, yeah. daughter, and, where is my daughter?" Dad. Yeah. And at the end, she's not my favorite extra. She she was given it decent. Mm-hmm. So then at the end, you see the people getting off the boat because it mm-hmm. hasn't exploded. Yeah. And the daughter comes off, and bearing in mind she's just narrowly, you know, there's just been a huge explosion. Mm-hmm. 
And then she's walking off this boat looking really casual. And, you mm-hmm. know, she sees her mother and she goes, oh, mom's here. It's like, <laughs> of course she is. Like, you could have died. Like, it just... I like that that mother had the exact same reaction on whether the boat blew up or oh, yeah. not. I felt like they used the same footage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. Did you understand the killer or the terrorist's motivation? Uh, he wanted to kill a lot of the Navy troops. Yeah. Who were just going out on a, on a mission or mm. on a tour. But why? Um, because the Navy turned him down because he was too good. Okay. I felt like that character wasn't really developed very much. It was like they needed to have a an antagonist, someone to set the plot in motion, but he didn't really have any kind of character. He wasn't he was barely in it. Yeah. He was just maybe maybe that was the point. It wasn't really his story, but uh... What did you think of the car chase? Oh, hilarious. So funny. Oh, I loved that car chase. Also, how so dangerous. Good. Like yeah. <laughs> he, I don't understand why he was constantly driving against traffic. Like, just because he's four days in the past doesn't mean that the entire motorway system has flipped around. That's because he turned around at one point. Oh, was that why it was? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, he's, like, blithely driving through all the traffic and causing all these horrendous-looking like, so, accidents. Yeah, ridiculous accidents yeah. and nobody's stopping him. There is not a police car in the world no. in that city, is there? <laughs> it's, it's not like it's an official car. It's just a yeah. Hummer with a lot of technology on it. <laughs> Oh, another scene that I really liked on that <laughs> is when he wakes up from his cardiac arrest. Yeah. He has a car, you know, he travels, travels for time, wakes up in cardiac arrest, you know, is revived. Yeah. And then just gets up and walks away. Yeah. As you do, you know, yeah, he wouldn't yeah. be remotely groggy. Standard. And then... Stealing someone's clothes. Yeah. And then he walks outside and there's an ambulance, I think. And he put, he grabs, oh, is it a police van? He grabs the gun and he goes, I'm a federal officer, I need your keys. And they're just like, okay. <laughs> it's like there's, there's so little like, yeah and there's nothing that no, nothing follows him no absolutely there's no sense that they've reported this incident no, he just drives <laughs> off it and even I like it that he turns around as well and go, he leaves the plant and he goes water it yeah <laughs> water the plant as well I'm gone like, what? <laughs> you, just, you just travel back in time what do you care strange man <laughs> uh, I did enjoy this film because I like a film that is if, you, if a film is going to be silly, I like if it's, I like the fact if it, I like a film to be silly. And this yeah. film was just okay. We're going to have fun with this. This is just going to be a silly action thriller. It's going to have big explosions. This is something Tony, Tony Scott did mm-hmm. very well. I think he's sadly dead now. But um, a lot of his films, I feel like he, if Ridley Scott is Kylie Minogue, Tony Scott is Danny Minogue. <laughs> I'm putting it into terms that make sense to me because Ridley Scott's done Gladiator, he's done Thelma and Louise, yeah, he's done yeah. Aliens, and Tony Scott has done like Top Gun, Enemy of the State, and this. Like he really does. His bread and butter was action, silly action films that mm, maybe mm. aren't ones for the ages, but nevertheless, yeah. they're fun to watch. So yeah, yeah. Speaking of Thelma and Louise, what did you think of the ending of this film? Not Thelma and Louise. Um, I found it a little bit underwhelming how they stopped it. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I would throw the car off the boat. Yeah. Well, I felt like it would have been braver ending and an ending that would have made more sense had they both died. Okay. Because there was a sense of causality in, you know, because you said, as you said, there were certain times when it implied that you couldn't actually change the past. Yeah. And yet, as you say, he did because Claire lives. So it wouldn't it have been great. If no, they... the only thing they could have done with that is if they somehow made, she needed to die because her body washed up before the explosion, didn't it? Yeah. But I got the sense that maybe something's changed, but ultimately your fate is your fate. True, but then it wasn't. Yeah. But I think it would have been a really cool ending if they both sacrificed themselves to save the rest. It would have been, yeah. and then you would have had another Denzel. You know, original timeline Denzel still there. Yeah. So he could, they still could have had an end, an end with him somehow. I don't know how that would have worked mm-hmm. logistically, but you know, yeah. I think that would have been a more interesting ending rather than him, rather than her getting away. And then it's like, oh, well, I think it's because they were trying to build the romance between the two. They were, and there could, yeah. and there couldn't be a romance without. Them both surviving, essentially. True, yeah. Did you notice that this is the second one we've watched in about three weeks that's used heavily used Beach Boys music for sinister purposes? 
Because yes. we were talking about that 51st Dates, <laughs> yeah, where yeah. Like, that song was used so many times it got creepy. Yeah. And in this film, obviously, it's used in that classic way of, like, I think it was a different Beach Boys song. It yeah. was um, Don't Worry Baby. Oh, yeah. When they should be worrying because they're about to get blown up. Yeah. And again, it's, but then it, that's the other thing. It got played on some radio station before the boat explodes or mm-hmm. before the explosion that narrowly misses the boat the second time around. Mm-hmm. And then he turns on the radio station and they're playing the same song again. Is that the same radio station? Uh, Is yeah, it just well, Beach Boys it's... FM? <laughs> I mean, if it's anything like the crap radio we have on at the office, it's, then... Uh, yeah, to be fair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Beach Boys in the 90s were as to Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran today. Yeah. 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 Uh, any other thoughts on this? Uh, no, that's me done, actually. Um, is it uh, time for a story? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I, I will say I did enjoy this film a lot. And so I'm going to start this week. So my sequel mm-hmm. is called... I've gone with the obvious title, I feel. So my sequel of this is called Deja 2. Ah, good. And good. I was I was hoping we didn't come up with the same sequel, okay. se- se- sequel name. Okay, so this is this is the story of Deja Two Butterfly Effect. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this is set a re- immediately after the original film. Yeah. So I know it's been ten years, but Denzel still looks good. Mm-hmm. Paula Patton still looks good. Mm-hmm. They, they can pull this off. So, so it's it, it literally seconds after the credits roll in the original film. Right. And Denzel is being debriefed on the situation. So the police officers are like, you know, you've saved the boat, you've saved the girl, fantastic. And he's like, what? Yeah. He's been caught up on it. Okay. However, on the other hand, your past self did cause several fatal traffic accidents <laughs> on account of your dangerous driving. <laughs> on account of your ridiculously dangerous driving. So you are under arrest for that. It's manslaughter, because you have clearly... You know, no and again, he's like, say what? Yeah, yeah he's, had, he's got a lot to deal with. <laughs> Uh, but Claire managed it. She dealt with a lot of information at once. So, yeah, true. so that happens. But on account of his past self's heroism, mm-hmm. he does manage to strike a bargain. And that he'd be sent back in time again <laughs> to try and fix the timeline. So that in this timeline... He doesn't he can, cause traffic accidents. Yeah, he can save the girl, save the boat, stop the terrorist, not cause huge amounts of collateral damage. <laughs> so that's the mission. I mean, it wasn't huge amounts of collateral damage. There were cars literally spinning off that bridge. They weren't, off, they weren't spinning off that bridge. They were spinning... Yeah. They People all, died. They, they all landed on their wheels. I yeah. don't think it was that bad. Let's say a child died. Let's say there was a child in the backseat of one of those cars. Okay, for, child the, died. for the sake of your story. For the story, sake of yeah. argument, yeah, there needs to be stakes. So at, at least one child is dead. So he feels wracked with guilt. But, and he, you know, he needs to fix this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's a man of principle, mm-hmm. if not a man of safe driving. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, also, I need to say this early on. Yeah. You might need to take notes. This one gets complicated. So, so <laughs> listeners, you might need to make a little flow diagram here. Mm. Okay, so... <laughs> Because I started this idea thinking I had one idea and then I thought, I don't even know how this is going to go. And then I kind of fleshed it up and I thought, I know exactly where this is going to go. <laughs> but then I did let it run away with me slightly. So, okay. As I want to do. So, yeah. so he does, he, he strikes the deal, he goes back in time. Mm-hmm. Now, because we're on the original four day cycle, because mm-hmm. obviously this is just after the yes. boat exploded or didn't explode rather than a few days after a few days of investigation. Yeah, yeah. So, because it's the same principle, he can only go back to a, a specific point four days in the past. Yeah. Um, so because we're back on that original four-day cycle, he also has time to save his partner from being shot. Mm-hmm. So that adds another element of things oh, for yeah. him to do. Because yeah. remember, his partner got shot yeah, by the terrorist. Yeah, about that. Yeah. He, I felt like he should have cared more about. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was they said he's his he partner. Tear. Yeah, like the woman who's never met him before. She's crying, but yeah. he's just like, mm, you're going to see a death here. Well, it's because she's a woman. She shows emotion. True. Yeah, exactly. She, she was so the voice of woman on this film. She <laughs> wasn't she? She's like, you guys are so gross watching this woman in the shower. Which is correct, but yeah. So anyway, so he goes back in time, but because, as I say, because we've, as we've established, whenever you do go back in time, mm-hmm. the original person in that timeline is still there. Yes. So now, <sighs> by going back in time a second time, 
he's guaranteed that there's now three separate Denzel Washingtons in a single timeline. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So we I mean, have... I mean, one of them who's not really doing anything because... He doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we have, I've called him Damage Control Denzel. <laughs> and this is the Denzel who's just gone back in Okay, time. yeah, yeah. So he he just want, he knows everything. He's had the situation explained. Yeah. And he just wants to go back and fix everything and create a fatality-free time zone. Okay. That's his mission. Then we have Hero Denzel. Mm-hmm. He's going to show up in a few days. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously the one who sacrifices himself, saves the boat, drives very dangerously. Mm-hmm. And then we have Clueless Denzel, <laughs> who exists in this time frame, has not gone back in time at all, and has no idea what's going on. Okay. So these are our three Denzels. How long did this idea take you to come up with? I've been doing a lot of this today. <laughs> Again, I had a, like a gem of an idea, like a gem of an idea, sorry, for after watching it, which, was in, which involved him going back and fixing it. And then mm. I was like, how does that resolve? Yeah. And then I, the idea of the multiple Denzels came in, and then it really... Great. Her, Great. So, yeah. Okay. So... Damage Control Denzel is our main Denzel. Yes. He's the one we're kind of seeing through the eyes of for most yeah, of this film. Yeah. Okay. So he's racing around trying to create the perfect timeline. And we're going to have a little bit of mistaken identity comedy here because we're in a small town. <sighs> yeah, I, was three, ho- I was hoping yeah. you'd say that. We're in a small, smallish town here with three separate Denzel Washingtons all running around. Mm-hmm. And also he hasn't figured out yet that there's three of him. That's a piece of information that we know before he does. He just I mean, surely Damage Control Denzel knows that. No, no, he well, he should know that, but I'm, for the sake of storytelling, I'm he hasn't really thought it. about it. Yeah, it's just something they haven't thought through. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, he doesn't, he, he figures it out, once he figures it out, he figures it out pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But initially, it takes him a while. He, it doesn't occur to him. Mm-hmm. So it causes a little bit of confusion. So there's going to be three Denzels interacting with people, and the people are going to be talking to another Denzel, and like referring to conversations that have already taken place. Yeah. And he's going to be like, what? <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of that. So, Damage Control Denzel, his first thing to do is he needs to get Claire out of harm's way because mm-hmm. she's the easiest person to lift out of the story yes so by what he does is he steals her car before oh. she can sell it to the terrorist so preventing her from selling it to the terrorist oh, great, yeah. so when the terrorist calls to, about the car she's like sorry don't have one yeah it got stolen so essentially he does that and essentially that lifts her completely out of the narrative because mm-hmm. she's no longer of any use to the terrorist there's no reason to kidnap her mm-hmm. and yeah so she's just and she was never going to be on the boat in the first place yeah, she, yeah. so yeah then he prevents his partner from intercepting the terrorist so that the terrorist can use the original vehicle that he'd planned to use. Because mm-hmm. remember, he, yes. what went wrong was that the partner shot the car yeah. and the bullet holes meant that he couldn't use that car because it would have aroused yeah, yeah. So he just stops, for some, somehow prevents his partner from getting involved. Maybe mm-hmm. he steals the note or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Anyway, so that happens. So it's all going pretty smoothly. Then, you know, Hero Denzel shows up at his allotted time. Just going back. So he steals the note. Now, this note... Okay, gets, he didn't steal the wait, note. Wait, this note gets teleported in at mm-hmm. a certain point where him and his partner have just finished an argument. True. Dendal then walks out and his partner then sees the note. Mm-hmm. So there's a very, very brief window for him to run back in. that damage control Denzel can get that note. So what's he doing? Is he hiding under the desk? Maybe. Or maybe he found... Yeah, to be fair, you, you, have a, you found a plot hole there. Um, That's not a plot hole. Just is he hiding under the desk? Yes. Great. Let's say he's hiding under the desk. Great. I, I would have liked to thought something cleverer, but no, fine. He's under the desk. I think that'd be good tension. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that'd be good to be watching himself having the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I like that. Um, <laughs> so, Hero Denzel shows up, and he drives straight to the terrorist house, as before, expecting mm-hmm. to find Claire kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So, he drives there. However, due to the altered timeline, the terrorist has not kidnapped Claire, obviously. Mm-hmm. And as it happened, the terrorist is out. He's doing other things. He's gone shopping. or groceries. Yeah, exactly. He's just not there. So now Hero Denzel thinks, shit, I've arrived early. Mm. So he races to Claire's apartment mm-hmm. and tells her to change her dress, you know, as he, you know, he, mm-hmm. yeah. which she does not appreciate. And she doesn't like, do. She's like, who are you? Yeah, exactly. Similar to the first time, there's a lot of confusion, but he manages to 
talk around, you know, maybe using that phone trick again. Mm. He manages to convince her that he's telling the truth, that she's in mortal danger. The only way for her to be safe is if she comes with him. They need to stick together. Okay. So, she doesn't have the car anymore, though, because it's been stolen by mm-hmm. other Denzel, damage control Denzel. So, they have to steal another car, um, which delays them slightly. So, at the same time, clueless Denzel, the Denzel from this timeline, mm. You following? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so this, this Denzel's time, he's becoming suspicious because there are numerous events being attributed to him of which he has no memory of which he has not done. Okay. Yeah. You know, as, as I mentioned, all the mistaken identity campaigns. Yes. He keeps getting this and he's like, what is going on here? Yeah. And then what happens is when damage control Denzel initially stole Claire's car, he was caught on a security camera and didn't realise. Right. So that footage comes through, through the police, you know, mm-hmm. and he sees footage of himself committing a crime that he did not commit. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's very confused. Mm-hmm. Using his detective powers... He managed to track down damage control Denzel and arrests him. You know, he's, he's like, what is this? He, you know, I, I want an explanation. Oh, so they meet face to face. They meet face to face and he arrests him on the spot. So damage control Denzel is explaining, no, you need to let me go. You know, the boat, there's going to be a terrorist incident in a matter of minutes, you know, mm-hmm. all stuff. But he's not buying it. And they're, dri- they're driving towards the station where clueless Denzel is going to question damage control Denzel. Mm-hmm. However, before he can do so, as they are driving, they're run off the road by hero Denzel, who is speeding dangerously down the road <laughs> once again in a stolen truck. <laughs> so, ignoring damage control Denzel's protestations, like, we don't have time for this man, mm. he, clueless Denzel, gives chase. He's okay. like, you know, this, 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 this is a dangerous driver, I'm a police officer, you know, yeah. he's yeah. run off the road. So he's chasing them down, ultimately shoots out hero Denzel's tyres. Yeah. So now... The three Denzels have finally merged. <laughs> They've finally Is met. met. Yeah. They've met. Sorry, They're not, they don't merge into one. It's not like that. That's not what happens in this story. That's not how it works. It's one mega Denzel. Yeah. So they've met, and they have. You know, so you've got three Denzel Washingtons together on screen by some kind of camera trickery, and after much confusion, they manage to figure out. They, they manage to explain among themselves what the situation is. However, they've wasted too much time. It's too late, and in the distance, the boat explodes, <laughs> <laughs> killing hundreds of innocent people. Ah oh, shit. Yeah. So. Things seem pretty bleak at this point. Yeah. You know, the mission has failed. Hundreds of people are dead. However, the three Denzels, nothing if not resourceful. Yeah. They managed to figure out among themselves... Good, good band name, by the way. The three Denzels, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have that, Denzel, if you listen. <laughs> so the three Denzels managed to figure out what, what went wrong, and they think, okay, we, we can roll the dice one last time. There's a solution to this. Yeah. So they go down to the time travel lab and make their final proposal. Mm-hmm. Explain the situation. So the conclusion they've come to is that clearly one Denzel who is in the know is just not enough to deal with two Denzels that are out of control and don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the only thing they can do is for all three of them to be sent back into the, on the four-day timeline. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to say that. <laughs> well, yeah, this is where it gets really confusing. Uh-huh. So that each Denzel can then take care of his equivalent Denzel. Okay. So now... But how are they going to identify each of the... There's going to have to be some kind of badge system or so they all, all three Denzels are sent back four days in time once again, mm-hmm. um, with intervals of around twenty minutes to allow for them to be revived by the extremely confused um, hospital staff. <laughs> oh, I thought about that. So it's like, where's this guy come from? Revive? He, he's back. Yeah, and then, and then another one. Oh my god, didn't we just save this guy? And then a third one. Oh come on! <laughs> and then so. twenty minutes later, they're just waiting. Where's, yeah. Where, yeah. Where, where, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> it's successful. Ultimately, all six, they all wake up in a timeline which, which now has features six Denzel Washingtons oh, all God. running around. How much is he getting paid for this? Yeah, do you reckon he gets paid per off? This could be a, this could be a very <laughs> lucrative film for Denzel. Yeah. 
So the situation is Clueless Denzel, the original Clueless Denzel, mm. has to deal with the new Clueless Denzel, Clueless Denzel 2. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh wait, no, 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 let's start with Damage Control Denzel, actually. Let's wrap, wrap back a bit. So Damage okay. Control Denzel has a, the easiest job. Yeah. Because all he has to do is find Damage Control Denzel number two yeah. and explain what's going on. Because they're the two most informed Denzels. Yes. So he can just go, look, it went wrong. We have to do it again. There's six of us now. Just, you know. <laughs> and so he explains the situation. That's fine. Then Clueless Denzel has to find the new Clueless Denzel, who is the only one of the six Denzels who has no, no idea what's going on, has never time travelled. You know, he's just the Denzel from this timeline. So suddenly he's just going about his life and then just five, five of himself just walk through. Well, let's, let's say only the, the original Clueless Denzel. Okay. Him. Let's, we don't want to freak him out too much. Like with a, with a, okay, a yeah. boy band. We'd like a boys to men boy band of himself like, <laughs> approaching him. That's too much. So, yeah. So Clueless Denzel 1 has to explain to Clueless Denzel 2 what the situation is. Now, this is somewhat tougher because, as I say, this Denzel has no context for what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And as we saw in the original film, he can get a little volatile when he's confused because there's that whole scene when he randomly smashes a monitor just because mm-hmm. people don't expl- are doing too much science talk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, another, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of anger and confusion. But ultimately, they manage to successfully neutralise him. They, they make him accept the situation. He understands. He appreciates it. Yeah. He's neutralised. Then the five Denzels have a couple of days grace before the sixth Denzel, the hero Denzel, the new hero Denzel shows up because he came a couple of days later. Yeah, is the timeline. So they have a couple of days to work together as a, as a as a fivesome to. Oh, I see. Stop yeah. the terrorist and save his partner. Yeah, which they they do. They kill the terrorist. The partner is saved. Mm-hmm. The boat is no longer in danger. Mm-hmm. So mission accomplished. Then when hero Denzel two does turn up, they're waiting for him. Or original hero Denzel, should we say, is waiting for him. To tell him that Claire is safe. Why does he turn up? What? Well, they know he's going to turn up at the hospital, so I guess. So they'll just. Oh, that one, yeah. So they wait for him there, and they explain, they explain Claire is safe, the terrorist's been neutralised. Please, please, while you're here, try to obey the Green Cross Code. <laughs> just drive safely, please. <laughs> so the mission is successful. The day is saved, the terrorist is arrested. Or, or dead, so I didn't mm-hmm. decide. The point is he's not a threat anymore. Yeah. The only problem now is there are six Denzels running around in a single timeline. And <laughs> they never established that there was any way of getting home. So, yeah. the five who aren't the present-day Denzel, okay. i.e. clueless Denzel 2, mm-hmm. they, de- they decide to spread across the world to minimise the corruption of the timeline. Mm-hmm. Because if Star Trek has taught us anything, it's that messing with the timeline is a dangerous thing and it causes all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. So, they don't, if they're all in the same timeline, there's just going to be too much overlapping confusion. No one's ever going to believe the story. Yeah. So... They make a sacrifice. They're very noble. They're like, well, you. this is your timeline. You can stay here. We'll just go. So one of them maybe goes to Australia. A couple go to Europe. One goes to South America. You know, they just spread around the world. Mm-hmm. Denzel's around the world, all living their lives. So present day Denzel, having achieved everything he hoped for, mm-hmm. although he didn't really know anything about it, but still, yeah. he goes to Claire's house hoping to rekindle his romance that he's taught is his fate. Mm-hmm. Denzel's thought, you know, this girl's the one for you. So he, he, he travels to Claire's house. As he approaches, he sees her stepping out of her apartment, mm-hmm. you know, and then she walk, walks across the street, is immediately hit by a car and killed. <laughs> <laughs> so the last shot of the film is, Den- is present-day Denzel just going, motherfucker, and then the credits roll. How about an end? Yeah, because then he has to go back a time again now, because the, there's just no way of making it work. The idea is that there's no way of making everything work. Like, someone's still going to die, Claire's still going to die, or people are going to die. It's kind of a final destination kind of thing, so... <laughs> was, was she run over by anybody in particular no 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 no. it was just like I said it was found destination. she just got hit by a bus it was just you know just bad luck you know 
<laughs> and so you, you don't know if he goes back in time again. No, that's the, I feel or... like that's a cool ending. It's like, is he going to try again? Or is he going to accept that she's dead? Like, what's yeah. this, you know? I, I just feel like it's a good kind of you know dark, humorous kind of ending. <laughs> oh God! Well, that was confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? Any thoughts? Um, I don't really know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think you you kept it quite well. Kept it quite concise as to who was who. Yeah, good. Um, Compared to the Heather's episode, which got very very confusing. I think you ran away from us a little bit. Yeah, because they were all called Heather. Mm. <laughs> no, this. Uh, yeah, this, this was good. I don't think I've got any questions. <laughs> I'll let you know tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let it let it sink in. We'll maybe we'll maybe revisit this on a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that makes it your turn. <sighs> okay. Well, mine is called Deja Vu. Deja Vu. Okay. <laughs> is it to the tune of a Beyonce song? No. no okay. It's just. Yeah. yeah. And so we start with Claire, who is the main character of this film. Oh, great! I thought she deserved it. Yeah, she does. Tendal's not actually that interesting. I doesn't really need to be a main character in this plot okay cool this is about 10 years after may okay. as well call it present day okay and we start in a very similar way where we're just introduced to a few characters we see it's a very positive thing there's they're in the airport there's a busker there who's making some nice music and sunny everybody's happy we're in las vegas okay everybody's getting on a plane so does she live in las vegas now uh no uh, sorry she's not here at this point okay we're just uh, in las vegas yes okay. Uh, the scene is set in Las Vegas. Everybody okay. gets on a plane and the plane takes off. Mm-hmm. And from the outside, all we see is the plane then taking a nosedive, Ooh. crashing in city centre Las Vegas, knocking yeah. over buildings, thousands of people dead. Yikes. Okay. And there's our opening. Okay. that's That does seem like a very Tony Scott opening. Yeah. <laughs> Massive destruction. Yeah. Um, like children dying. Like He really lent in on the children. He was like, look at these cute little children. And now I'm yeah. going to blow them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, and so we see that, and we, we, we've seen he was on the plane, maybe you make a little judgment as to who you think it might be, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Claire, and she is still in New Orleans. Okay. She is now an investigator herself. Oh, okay. She was inspired by Denzel Washington, not that she gets on with him massively. Is he a character in this at all? Um, he is a character in this at all. But they're not an item? No. Okay. Definitely not. Okay. She hates him. Oh, okay. Harry killing romance once again. <laughs> Loving this theme. Because he's, it wasn't a romantic film and he just kissed it anyway. No, no, I agree. Continue. Anyway. Yeah, so she's uh, she's out of case, crime scene. We not we don't really see what it's about. We don't need to. Mm-hmm. And somebody says, have you seen the news? And so she's already on her phone. She closes the app that she's on. And we, if you were to look carefully, you'd see that the app was called Deja Vu. Oh, okay. I like that. Just as a little yeah. nod, a little Easter egg. Yeah, maybe. Okay, cool. Um, and she goes to the news and we see her watching a video of that plane crashing okay. um, into city centre and there's people that she then has a call from her boss mm-hmm. who is Denzel Washington okay he's risen the ranks to the level yes. of like okay so he is now running this team of investigators or whatever I don't know if that's still with the ATF I don't even know what the ATF is no I was confused yeah. I was, wasn't quite clear on what his department was but hmm. yeah let's just <laughs> I, I don't know I have no okay. idea yeah and so they have a conversation where essentially he instructs her to go to Vegas and Check out the airport, see see what she can find, if anything. Yeah, and so we. Why is a police officer in New Orleans being posted well, to Vegas? Don't they have their own crime people? Uh, yes, but uh, yeah, uh, this is because she there with Deja Vu, which is what they have now named the time travel technology. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, maybe that app thing could be less of an Easter egg because it is a major part of the thing. Right. Okay, I understand. 
so yeah, while on the plane there, the plane's not going to land at the airport because the airport's like cordoned off, so the plane's going to land somewhere else and then she'll get a train to Las Vegas. Maybe she'll get a helicopter and we can see it from overhead as it crosses water. <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, remember, this is present day 2017. Okay. So this time travel technology is no longer some massive, ridiculous technology in an unknown warehouse that seems to be run on CCTV energy. It's an app. It's an app. <laughs> and is it not still restricted to four days or can they go any time in space? So we see her open it on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, she puts on virtual reality glasses as well. Okay. Because that's a thing now. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't see why that couldn't be a thing. Why not? And when she opens the app, she's actually given a few options. Okay. So she can go four and a half hours ago, four and a half days, weeks, months, years, or decades. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so there's a lot that she can do. Is this app only restricted to people on this team or is it an app people just walking around only using? restricted on this okay, team so it's not people that you or, you or I would have on our phones just like hey, no, no certainly like not it's okay, cool. very expensive government technology that is kept private okay cool because imagine if everybody had the ability to time travel it would be insane yeah, yeah it would be <laughs> just the world would break yeah. and so just to pass the time while she's on the plane essentially showing us this technology yeah. she goes four and a half decades ago okay with her virtual reality glasses and then we get the scene where she is because there was no plane in that exact point mm-hmm. um, 45 years ago. So from her point of view, she is just flying just by herself. Oh, so this is like the technology in the car chase scene where he can see, he's not in the past, but he can yeah, see yeah. the past. Pretty much, yeah. So he's just, she's just watching her. She's just, she's still sat in the seat. Yeah. But she's in the glasses she can see just floating with no, yeah. that would be terrifying. That would be so, in the middle of. <laughs> and so she is essentially just flying through the sky, looking okay. down at 1972 America. Okay which I think would be quite a magical scene. I quite like that. Yeah, I can see it. As I say, it would, it would give me a lot of anxiety, but uh, it would yeah. be beautiful. We then get made jump when a plane flies through her. Because <gasps> <Okay. laughs> it's 1972. There was a plane going the opposite direction, maybe. And Ooh, okay. It yeah, just doesn't hit her or anything, but no. just goes through her and shakes mm-hmm. her up and like, oh, God damn, that was scary. Oh, so you see it approaching. She doesn't see it. You see it approaching from the yeah. side, like from out of the... Oh, okay. That's yeah. good. That's yeah, good. I just thought, why not? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so she eventually, when she, she gets to the airport, she goes straight to the airport manager to explain who she is, why she's there, shows her badge um, with her credentials. He then takes her to the the plane hangar with a couple of engineers, and she then gives out the technology to them. Okay. Because that plane was there four and a half weeks ago. Right. And so they can now check the plane for any mechanical issues that might have been there, that might have worn down or something, and so that's why the plane would have crashed. Are these going to be characters that are worth casting, or are they just tiny roles? There's nothing. Okay, fine. Yeah, and so she also asked for the passenger list okay. and the names of the pilots and cabin crew, um, so that she can then pass that back to Denzel, so that they can start investigating everybody. Mm-hmm. Turns out they now have a team of people. It's not just Denzel and Claire, or just Denzel in the first film, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a team of people that's so they set one person on for each for each of the cabin crew because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got about five or six people at their, at their disposal. Okay. Yeah, and so they have a list of the passengers that were on the plane. There were about 50 of them. Uh, a lot of them were in groups, and a lot of them had children as well, just families. Okay. So they instantly rule out anybody who's a family with children, because they're probably not a terrorist who's going to take down a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, they start ruling out groups of people. There were a couple of stag parties, uh, some elderly couples, <laughs> um, and there was actually a British lesbian couple who'd just been to Vegas to get married. Aww. <laughs> Listeners, that's a little touch to some close friends of ours who are getting married in Vegas shortly. Yeah. Well, well they're dead now in a plane crash. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to 
tell them about that when we next see them. <laughs> <laughs> and so, other than that, there are actually five uh, people who are travelling just in business class alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they all get investigated. Mm-hmm. Because people travelling alone, it stands out a little bit more. Yeah. While these people are getting, are getting investigated, lots of stuff comes up. Lots of affairs, lots of corporate scandals, secret dance classes, different things like that. You know, <laughs> Secret dance classes? Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> and while all that's happening, that's all sort of in the background. Claire's staying at the airport to monitor the different time streams that she can access just to see if there's anything she can pick up. So can I just stop you for a second? So are sure. they only investigating people who are actually on the flight? So they're just assuming it was a suicide bombing? Or have they proved that already? Uh, they haven't proved anything. Okay. All they know is what is what they is what people could see. They could see the plane going down. They had communications with the pilots, but they were just saying Mayday were going down, we've lost control, that okay. sort of thing. So they're trying to work out what it is. Were the pilots drunk? Mm-hmm. Turns out one of them was an alcoholic, it's found out. Okay. Was it any of the passengers on board? Um Can the drunk pilot be played by Nicolas Cage, please? <laughs> sure. I want the uh, that I want that to be not just because Nicolas Cage is inherently funny, but because I want that to reference that awful apocalypse film we saw. What was it called? Like oh, left Left Behind. Left Behind. Yeah. That yeah. Was, let's have him. Oh, that was that. a great film. We should do that. Yeah. Oh, we could. Yeah, because there's no way that's ever getting a sequel. Yeah. Sorry. I continue. Yeah. Um, I was being sarcastic. Let's not do that ever. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got my idea though. It involves multiple times. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, results start coming back in for all these passengers and. Uh, a fair few of them are looking a little bit sketchy. Like I say, there was a an alcoholic pilot. There were some people who are quite outspokenly racist. There are some people who uh, who have been convicted of hate crimes quite recently. And so all these people are looking quite suspicious. Mm-hmm. But you don't know anything. You don't know who it is. Nobody's sure. Claire's not sure. Okay. So they can't say, get that person, get arrest them. They know what they need to do to stop the stop the flight. They can just mm-hmm. go back in time or send a note or something and just say, don't let this plane take off. Mm-hmm. So do we ever do the, we know at this point? So how so the plane crashed? It didn't explode. It it crashed. It crashed. Yeah. So somebody took did someone like break into the pilot's cabin or did someone take control remotely? No, we're not sure. We still don't know. We still okay. don't know. Cool. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have all these these bits of information that come in, but you don't you still don't quite know. Mm-hmm. And it's drawing up to the four point five day window. Okay. So it's about four point five days after this accident happened. Okay. Um, and so Claire needs to make the decision, does she travel back in time now, or does she travel back in time in four and a half weeks? Mm-hmm. By which point, another accident could have happened. I say accident. Um, <laughs> another potential attack could have happened, yeah. which obviously they want to avoid. Mm-hmm. So she decides to go back to four days ago. Mm-hmm. It's the morning of the flight. She's she's at the airport because she just went through the same thing. She had to use the app, use, okay. use her level two clearance on the app. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so she then goes... Again, to the airport general, shows her badge, says who she is, says what the situation is. Of course, he doesn't quite believe her, but I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> yes. And so he then takes her to the hangar where the plane is there, ready to take off. Mm-hmm. Nobody's boarded yet, but it's, it's, there, it's there waiting. And so they have a look at it. They've already grounded the flight. Nobody's going to get on. Yeah. But they want to look at the plane just to make sure that it wasn't any kind of sabotage that was pre-set up. And so the engineers are having a look. She's, she's there with them, and they find that on one of the cables that's controlling the flaps on the back, mm-hmm. there's a tiny explosive. Okay. And so it turns out that that explosive would have gone off while the plane was in flight, and the pilots would have lost control of uh, whether the plane goes up or down. Oh, I see. Okay. And so that's why the plane took a nosedive. Right. Okay. And it just happens to go into the city centre, I guess. Okay. 
Oh, we must have a little bit of plot earlier. This, <laughs> this plane's going to Washington. Okay. Washington, okay. D.C. Oh, are we going to get some presidential stuff going yeah. on? Okay. Now, on this explosive, which they... Well, it's only a small explosive. It's not, it's not massive. It's just enough to cut the cable, really. They find a fingerprint. Okay. And the fingerprint belongs to Denzel Washington. <gasps> okay. So all this time, it's been him. But has it? Or is well, he been time traveling? Who knows? So, SWAT team, they're in New Orleans, which is where he is. They storm into his house. He's there. He's not prepared for anything. Yeah. He's just sitting on the couch. They arrest him. Take him into custody. Claire travels back to New Orleans. She's now the hero. She saved the day. Mm-hmm. The plane doesn't crash. Nobody dies. It's perfect. It's a simple fix. So she goes and visits Denzel and asks him why. And it turns out this was all an elaborate plot to destroy the American government. Mm-hmm. So essentially... Does what, Denzel volunteer what, this information? Pardon? Yes. Okay. So essentially what the uh, the villain in the first one was... That, that kind of moral of just mm-hmm. I hate America I'm oh, gonna, okay. I'm gonna do this and he then reveals that 10 years ago when this happened he paid the guy to do it oh so, so Denzel could get, could get control of this time travel technology oh wow and then work his way up the ranks and control it that's a long game <laughs> um, and that's pretty much it she then walks away from him down a corridor while he laughs like a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> So what was his motivation? Just he was—he's a crazy person too. He just wants to. Um, pretty much, yeah. He just. Yeah, he was pretty volatile in the first film. Yeah, he uh, was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I can see that. Yeah. So what? What gave? Where did this idea come from? I wanted to do a sequel because I thought of Deja Vu, Deja Vu. Yeah. I just thought, okay, well, that's clearly <laughs> sequel. came first, yeah. Um, and I don't. I'm not sure if I've done a sequel on this yet. No, you tend to like you, you remakes a lot. So yeah, do your, remakes, spin-offs, prequels, yeah. spin-offs, crossovers. Yeah, I think this is definitely the first one we've both done a direct sequel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this this was just the uh, the first thing that came came into my head. I was trying to sort of mirror the plot a little bit yeah. with some kind of terrorist attack at the start, which they mm-hmm. have to work out how to stop. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so no, I like the fact that you've given Claire loads to do there, and made her the star because she was pretty resourceful in the first film, all things considered. Right? Yeah, so. Yeah, so I guess I think that's been a good week for both of us. I think. Yeah, I think unexpectedly, so. Deja Vu brought out some real creativity <laughs> there. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, next week it is my choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a film. I don't know if you've seen this before. It's a film called Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, I've not seen that before. Mm-hmm. What is that? Is that Bob Hoskins? Yes. And there's cartoon characters. Yes, it's a Bob Hoskins film from I think either the early '90s or the late '80s, and it's a mix of animation and live action. Okay. In the style, in similar to the way Mary Poppins does, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, it's very, very funny. My reason for this was just because it's kind of quite a unique film, and I think it's definitely quite open-ended. There's definitely lots you can do with it. Oh, good. It's just a fun classic film, and yeah, I think you'll like it. So oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, next I look forward week, to watching it. Yeah. So if you have any ideas for how you would like to do a sequel to Deja Vu or a prequel, spin-off, whatever, um, or Who Framed Roger Rabbit or any other film <laughs> that we've covered in the past. You can uh, visit us at beyondtheboxset.com or, or we're on social media. Just search Beyond the Box Sets. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Grinder, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got Instagram. <laughs> That's the one you question. <laughs> <laughs> we're not on Instagram, but we are very much on Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> he says we. <laughs> well, is that it? Uh, I, I think it might be, yeah. So uh, we will see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.